and Live. This is Kyle Means. I'm living good here on WeAreRegalRadio.com. War on Anchor, giving you the finest NFL recap every week with my man Ryan Bukovetsky on the line. As always, giving you the best when it comes to Bears coverage and analytics and everything. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to talk a little bit of Bears this week. Uh, I mean, in, in this session, of course, but this is our all 32 session. And uh, that means we run across the whole league, recapping all the games from the, this past week in the NFL. Week five, and uh, we size up each team and each division going forward. You know, uh, last week uh, we sort of deviated a little bit as we gave you our quarterly power rankings, but this week we're getting back to the regular format, as it were, just going over each game and sizing up the teams and the results, and uh, you know, putting it in strictly in this present perspective and uh, giving you a little bit of uh, insight to look at as we go into week six. And, um, you know, a, a lot of weeks we do the show on, on Monday because a lot of the Monday night games suck. And uh, at least the matchups, and they don't have much of a, you know, you know looking at the matches, they don't have much of a uh, impact that we could predict going into uh, the week. But uh, this Monday's game sort of did, so I wanted to push the show back to, uh, you know, Tuesday recording. You know, we're still we're still getting it out to you on Tuesday, but, you know, I wanted to record it on Tuesday after the game, and I was hoping for a little bit more than what we got, Ryan. It, it just didn't, uh, you know, pretty disappointing as far as, uh, you know, looking at it objectively goes, but if you're a 49ers fan, you have to be pretty damn happy coming out of the game. And, uh, you know, the 49ers was a team that we put, you know, pretty high in our rankings. We put them in our top 10. You know, we still withheld some, uh, you know, withheld some comment with them because they were only 3-0. and They had a bye week in week four. But, you know, and they also, you know, were the Niners. They – a team that has not been very good over the past couple of years that we're building, but it seems very much so after Monday night's game that they have the pieces that they want to compete. And this, is, they look pretty formidable, blowing out the uh, the, the Browns thirty-one to three in that game. And I think we're gonna, as we start off all thirty-two this week. Uh, I want to start off in the, in the NFC West and with the prohibitive uh, number one team in the NFC West right now. Only uh, the only undefeated team and uh, the only undefeated team in the whole NFC right now is those 49ers. Like I said, uh, 31-3 winners, 4-0 record now. And uh, yeah, just a real impressive performance on Monday. Before I go into the rest of the division, uh, yeah, give me your thoughts right quick on that game. Well, Kyle, the biggest thought I had was you sent me that text, hey, this is a good game tonight, let's do it tomorrow, and I agreed with you. And then uh, I actually switched over to playoff baseball around halftime. I, I was tired of seeing Cleveland getting drudged 
So I thought of you, how, man, we could have just gotten it done last night and not worried about it, but oh well. Uh, it was a good idea, just too bad it didn't work out for us. But San Fran, uh, they're showing something, and and uh, at least for another week they buy a little bit more legitimacy. And for Cleveland, uh, I mean, this was kind of the worst-case scenario where people thought if things are going to go wrong, it's going to kind of be like this, and it's playing out that way, it looks like. Yeah, pretty much, man. The, the instincts were there, but I, I think I think it, it just comes down to Cleveland not showing up, man. And they, you know, maybe there's some things that inherently are off with this team. You know, start with the quarterback play and a lot of the execution on offense. But you know, they it's I you know I I think most people expected you know going back to the beginning of the season. Most people expect a little bit more from the Browns, you know, given the talent that they supposedly have on both sides of the ball. You know, people expect, you know, they've had, uh, you know, the Sunday night game already this year. They had the, they had another Monday night game where they – both of those games they performed pretty well, but in this one they just had nothing to show for. And uh, it's pretty tough, man. And then – they need to get the ball to uh, to uh, Beckham more, man, because you know he's killing me in my fantasy. But I still won this week. But you know, damn, it was closer than it should have been. And at least uh, <laughs> for the 49ers in our uh, Dean Davis game picks, you and I were the only one that picked those Niners, so they gave us a a nice little extra win over the weekend. And you and I had the best weekend overall. But again, this reason why you should listen to us and listen to the show. We know what we're talking about here. And I think I think the guys underestimate us a little bit too much sometimes. Especially you, I'm, Kyle. They're expecting you to fade here. And uh, so far, you have not faded. You continue to hold first place. I know. I know. They think I've had some I've had some years where I've faded before. I've had some years where I've had bad starts and I've came out to the end. But I think this year is, is gonna be a different story. You know, it's I'm, I'm I'm feeling good right now. So, you know, it's it, it, I think I think doing this show too is helping me with my picks. You know, it's helping me maintain my sharp every week. So, and it's showing it's, it's, it's showing in the results, my friend. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say that's why you need to listen to all thirty-two, brother, and listen to bare necessities too, because we have. To, spread pitch and everything man you know if you want to get money or you just want to stay informed you know you gotta you gotta rock with me and rock you know that's what that's what it comes down to no doubt but uh yeah let's let's look at over the rest of the nfc west as we start our breaking uh recaps here the the, uh, the rest of the division you had uh the Rams and Seahawks, of course, going back to Thursday night. Pretty exciting game. Uh, 30 to 29 win for Seattle. Uh, I, you know, I picked Seattle in that game as well. And, you know, I, I thought Seattle would have more of a uh, stronger win there. But, you know, the Rams showed up for a lot of that game. But in the end, they were betrayed by the kicker. And, uh, you know, they said just a tough loss for, for LA, but nothing that they probably can't bounce back from. So I guess they got that going for them in that. And uh, elsewhere, 
the Cardinals, the remaining team in the West, they pull off their first win of the season, 26-23 over in Cincinnati, a team that's very uh, much trending down as well. If it wasn't for uh, that Cincinnati team, you know, the Browns would probably be really uh, the, the the most down team in, in the AFC North, but uh, we'll get to that division later. But uh, looking at the West, uh, NFC West, uh, like you said, got two teams, two teams that are trending up and looking like playoff contenders in the Niners and uh, Seahawks. The Rams are still in the mix in the outside bubble, you know, but uh, they got some issues. And, uh, of course, the Cardinals are rebuilding and they, uh, you know, they get to feel good this week coming off of uh, – finally getting a win. So, you know, Ryan, what's your take on the West and, you know, how would you size up these four teams right now? Yeah, the West is very interesting. Uh, Basically how you've been describing it, it's very close. Uh, There's a lot of different ways you can go with uh, describing the highs and the lows for this weekend, but mainly highs for this division as most of the teams won, the only team that lost with the Rams. So, uh, you know, honestly, that Thursday night game is where my high, lot, my high and low of the NFC West are at. For the Seahawks, they're my high, just narrowly edging out the 49ers, just because last year they couldn't beat the Rams, and they came close a bunch of different times. And I think it's a big mental uplifting, kind of getting the monkey off your back type thing, uh, you know, overcoming that big brother type in that victory for the Seahawks, which is huge, I think, for them and how Russell Wilson was clearly their best player, aided by a defense. And, you know, certainly the Rams, you could argue, should have won because they just missed that field goal at the last second. But uh, it was a game where I thought Seattle played pretty well they maybe just made one too many mistakes for them to have a, just a complete solid victory where it wouldn't have come down to that field goal. But regardless, I, I was impressed with how they played and especially with how Russell Wilson played. He looks like a guy that can carry a team and he's playing just his best football in his career right now. And for the Rams, uh, they've got to be, I guess, the low light for the division because they're the only team that lost. But again, it was just a, a missed field goal, so I'm not going to kill them and say that there's – reason for concern but uh, they're definitely not as formidable as a team as they seem to be last year uh, certainly things can change with Sean McVay and they've got a, a high-powered offense still but uh, they're a team that uh, needs to figure out a few issues that they have yeah like uh, you know you were ahead of the curve on that man uh, with the Rams like they they definitely fell back uh, a bit this year and uh you know, I think at the time we were comparing them with the Bears, and unfortunately, it looks like the Bears are fell are falling back as well. But the Rams, I think, you know, they they went further in the in the in the league last year. They went to the to the Super Bowl, and they were a team that you had to think, you know, could have, could match that output again. But you know, as as well as as well as golf is getting putting up numbers they don't seem to be as consequential as they would like to be because I think in most part their run their run attack again has just not been the same as it's been, you know, for the past year or so. And, you know, Gurley, he ended up having two touchdowns against uh Seattle, but only fifty one yards. And and, you know, I think 
you know, teams really don't have much to fear on that on that level. So they seem to just, you know, box like I say keep keep them boxed up, and then uh, you know they just will deal with the pass game as they as they as they can, and and also they know that they can score. I think probably even more frightening thing for LA is that you know their defense just is not holding anybody right now, and you know if that's going to be the case. You know, when you look at teams like Seattle and New Orleans that they might face in the in the you know Green Bay, and the uh, you know in the, when it comes down to the playoffs, you know they're they're not going to be really a candidate to win anywhere, you know, be at home on the road because they also have shown that they don't have much of a home field advantage right now. You know, giving up fifty five points to Tampa Bay out there in the Coliseum is not a good look. You know, primarily there. So yeah, the Rams got issues, and uh, you know if they're even going to make the playoffs, you know we got to put a big if on that now because they have two teams in their division that's clearly better than them. So, but uh, yeah, I would put my highlight as being the the 49ers. I was very impressed with what I saw Monday night. I love the fact that they have two rushers that can break away plays at any given time and put up big numbers. You know, Garoppolo, Garoppolo, Jimmy G, Garoppolo hasn't been the franchise QB that, you know, many that some have fashioned him to be, but he doesn't really need to be with the complete balance that that team has right now, given, you know, the way that they control the ball with the rush attack. And, you know, he has a, a great weapon in Kittle who he can do, do a, quick things with on the flats and everything like that short passing game and their defense is tough man my one of my my favorite tweet from last night was uh the person who uh mentioned that bosa may be snapping because of uh trump's impeachment stuff going on i think i think that's been motivated uh that's put a chip on bosa's shoulder you know he's kind of famously a trump guy so i don't know but uh you know, Bosa, yeah, Bosa played big last night, two sacks and uh, four tackles overall. And uh, you know, that's that's just a that's just a tough squad right there, man. That that 49ers defense, uh, maybe they a little underrated compared to some of the other units in the NFC, like the Bears and the Saints and such, the Cowboys. But uh, you know, they they look like they're ready to compete right now, those 49ers. So I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, we you know we mentioned this. I think last week. I'm look, still looking forward to see how they're going to play against the Rams and the uh, Seattle in particular, because those are going to be their most important games going forward. But you know, as as right now, they're taking care of the games that that they're supposed to take care of, and that's been all of them so far. Yeah, I think uh, that 49ers team is growing into a real threat. I want to see a little bit more, but that victory last night, I think, puts them in the conversation as being one of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah, and when we look at who's being argued now coming out of this week as as the best team in the NFC, we probably have to give that up to the Packers. And, uh, you know, as we move over, let's move over to the NFC North where the Packers are reigning. Uh, Bears had a chance to, you know, keep pace with them, but they they uh, fumbled that, you know, fumbled that chance out in England. And uh, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, looking at the scores, 
you know, Green Bay, big time win in Dallas. Uh, the 34-24 victory there Sunday afternoon. Uh, you know, they, you know, what what's, what can be said there, uh, you know, they had the spotlight on them again. You know, Rodgers still isn't doing, you know, the, the, the all-time great stuff that people have been accustomed to seeing him do. But, you know, again, this is a team like, uh, like the 49ers who are getting good contributions through the run and they're getting, uh, you know, great defensive contributions. Green Bay is another team I, sh- I should have just mentioned uh, among the better defenses in the NFC right now. And, you know, they, uh, they frustrated Dallas all game. And, uh, you know, Dak, Dak Prescott getting a lot of heat again because of his performances and yeah, it's just not a good look for the Cowboys. We'll get more into that as we get we get to the NFC East. But uh, yeah, Packers, Packers, uh, still, uh, it's like I say, still riding high. Thirty with the thirty four twenty four victory, they're four and one now overall. Bears fall to three and two. They should have lost. Then they should have won. Then they lost it in the end. Uh, that was a 24-21 loss out there at Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, against the Raiders. Big win for the Raiders, and uh, yeah, just like I say, a lot of, lot of, a lot of heat now on the Bears again. You know, uh, disappointing in a in a high profile matchup. Elsewhere in the in the North, the uh, Vikings feasted on the Giants. Giants coming to the game with some momentum, good performances in the last couple weeks, first couple games with Daniel Jones, but uh, you know, the Vikings weren't having any of that this week. They win 28-10 to 10 in New York or New Jersey, and uh, the Lions have had the week off. Uh, they will see them again next week on Monday night against the Packers. That's going to be a pretty important game there. But uh, Ryan, well, what were your thoughts? Your thoughts on the uh, NFC North action that we saw this week? Yeah, let's start with the low light because that's pretty easy. That's the Bears, the only team that lost in the division with Detroit having the bye week, and it was a really bad loss. On top of it, uh, we can go into all types of details. I mean, the defense just didn't play well. The team didn't show up until after halftime. Chase Daniel showed his true colors, and I think. We all know what his ceiling is after that game and seeing him last year lose that game to the Giants. Uh, just a couple really bad turnovers from him in that game and just not a great uh, performance from the offensive line in any aspect. Really big uh, concerning question marks there and just kind of question marks about the whole team heading into the bye week. So this coaching staff, I think, is a good one. They've got a lot of work cut out for them. They're going to have to do a ton of self-scouting. They're going to have to do a lot of creativity and a lot of meetings to try to figure out what's the best direction to move this team going forward. Because certainly if they had won that game, you would have kept pace with Green Bay and everything's kind of all well that ends well because you go into that bye even with some bad injuries like Akeem Hicks who might be lost for some time, if not the whole season. Uh, it, you know, it could be, uh, it could have been a, a really nice boost for this team and maybe the bye week will still be a nice boost for this team, but 
they're uh, hopefully they they try to hold on to that loss against the Eagles last year going into the season. I hope that they hold on to that loss against the Raiders all through the bye week, and that sharpens up uh, themselves for the game against the Saints because uh, it is conceivable, I believe, that Drew Brees could play in that game. It might be a little too early, but by all accounts, he's coming back a lot faster than people expected, and he really seems to be on the shorter end of the timeline rather than the longer end. So that could be a, a really tough game to come back to. But uh, certainly if this team gets up and gets ready, they'll, uh, they're will they going to have some challenges coming ahead. So hopefully that they can really rise up and meet them. And in terms of the highlight, uh, got to go with you and agree with you with Green Bay. Uh, Minnesota is a close second obviously because they're the other team that played, but also because it seems like mutiny is almost at hand for the Vikings, and that was a big win to just get a W and get everybody feeling well. But no doubt for Green Bay, they played a, a quality opponent in Dallas, and that could be a very important you know, tie break because who knows who's going to be the wild card uh, teams competing in the NFC and who's going to be the division winners. But we do know that based on how things are going – this NFC wild card is going to be very intense and tiebreakers are going to be at a premium. So you don't want to lose to anybody in the NFC if you're planning at all on being in the wild card race. And uh, Green Bay did an excellent job, I thought, all around. They they played well enough defensively to win that game. Aaron Rodgers was a field general more so than maybe the dynamic passer, but he definitely made plays when they needed them, and he was able to really direct the offense. And then they got just tremendous uh, ground game going with Aaron Jones. So really a complete victory for them, and they got to be feeling good uh, moving forward. Yeah, you look at what the Packers are doing and, you know, what uh, Minnesota did at least this week. You know, Minnesota, I will I will fashion that as the uh the uh, the makeup game between cousins and Thielen, given how much they connected in that in that game. And uh Dalvin Cook was big in, in that game again, hundred and thirty two yards rushing after just being shut down by the Bears. But uh, you know, they did it against the Giants. You know, you have to take a measure you have to, you know, take that in measure in, in the measurement as well. You know, the Giants are not a very competitive team. They're a team that like I say done well over the past couple of weeks, but you know Minnesota did what they should have done. And I think especially given that the loss that they had against the Bears, they had to do if they were gonna keep themselves competitive in the in the North and in and in the NFC overall. You know, Green Bay is more of a consistent team. They you know the one loss to uh, the to the uh, rising Eagles team, but beyond that, you know they they've done what they wanted to do against certain opponents against their opponents this year, and that's run the ball and uh, control the ball, control the game uh, with the defense and uh, make plays on both sides of the ball in that way. And you know the Cowboys, of course, it, anything anytime you do anything as the Cowboys, it gets amplified and uh, a win over them. In Dallas, you know, it's just going to make you feel feel better about what you're doing, and I think it's going to make the media and the football nation feel better about the Packers. But at the same time, you know, the Pack, like I say, the Packers have been consistent, and uh, they could very well have been be five and zero at this point, if not for just those bad play calls 
late in the game against uh, in the red zone trying to score on uh, on Philadelphia. But, you know, while they still seem to be trying to be working some things out with the offense and, you know, maybe there's still some friction between Rodgers and LaFleur, the new coach, but they seem to have everything else going on. So, you, know, you got to put the Packers ahead of everyone right now in the North. And, you know, the Bears, God help them, man. Hopefully, like you say, hopefully this uh, they will get their their sell straight with this uh, bye week, and they they be they they have they will have the benefit of being back at home after the bye. I think they will struggle. You, know, you mentioned Breeze possibly coming back. I think they'll struggle with with uh, water, uh with Bridgewater. You know the way that they played at least uh, this past Sunday. So you know. I, you know, hope like I say the Bears got a lot to uh, think about and focus on and refocus on with this vibe. And uh, but uh, we'll talk a bit more about the Bears going into uh, our next Bear Necessities podcast later this week. But uh, uh, let me go take let me take things over to the NFC, other NFC divisions. Let's go to the South. And uh, then we'll finish up with the East. Uh, looking at the South Division this week, I guess those uh, I guess well, we'll start with the the top team, prohibitive top team right now, the uh, the Saints, and they uh, took down the Buccaneers 31-24 at home. So uh, no bit of a competitive game there against a a Buccaneers team that seems to be showing some more, you know, some more umph in their offense and everything. And, uh, but uh, they still couldn't take down the Saints and when it comes down to it. And the Saints improved the four and one there. And also the Carolina Panthers picked up another win. They're still surging even without Cam Newton. They took down the Jaguars 34-27. And uh, yeah, we gotta gotta look at the Panthers right now as a team who, uh, you know, three and two, you know, three straight wins. I think uh, they, you know, could be a competitive team in the NFC still. There's still some room for them. And uh, also, I think the Falcons. Yes, the Falcons. Uh, just really trending down. Really, uh. Really bad. One of the worst performances of this week, uh, 53-32. Houston bombs on them down there in South Texas. And it's funny because, you know, you look at uh, – it, it just kills me how these teams put up these numbers like this but still have these embarrassing games. Like, Matt Ryan had a very good game stat-wise. Him and Calvin really hooked up pretty well throughout the game. And he got the ball to a lot of receivers, but – you know, I guess maybe that was from th- being behind for most of the game. He just had to throw, and, you know, Houston, you know, I guess didn't bother to – they just contained them and didn't bother to, uh, you know, shut them down. They just let them get what they want because they weren't able to get whatever they wanted when they were on the field with the Atlanta defense. So, you know, that, that was just an amazing performance by the Texans. We'll talk more about them when we get to the AFC South. But, uh, you know, they say Falcons are out of it. They're not a factor. 
New Orleans wins again. They're heading up that division. But you have a, an interesting team in Carolina, you know, showing something without their franchise QB. So, uh, Ryan, what do you think about the NFC South right now? Yeah, tough uh, to give a highlight this week because it's definitely a coin flip to me with the Saints and the Panthers. Uh, I might even cop out and say both because, first of all, for the Saints, they had done just an excellent job of holding down the fort without Drew Brees. I mean, that was a huge, huge game for them to win. Tampa, you know, that would have been a chance for them to get to 3-2. and It would have put New Orleans at 3-2, and down a tie break. Even though we think Drew Brees, or at least I think that Drew Brees is coming back sooner rather than later, that doesn't mean anything, and there can always be setbacks. There can always be some other thing that holds back the team, or he needs to get back acclimated to the NFL, whatever, and maybe a slow start happens just out of nowhere. And you, like I said, you can't lose too many games in the NFC this year if you at all have chance uh, at all a risk of being put into the wild card. Cause if you don't win your division, everything else is really out of your control unless you've done an excellent job in beating the teams that uh, are at that tie break level. And for the saints, they've continued to hold pace and continue to lead the division. And that's huge. If they can get drew Brees back anytime soon and have the division lead, you would think that they would be at least the favorite to win that division, if not being one of the best teams in the NFC, maybe even the best team in the NFC. And the Panthers, I mean, we talked, we almost put uh, put them in the ground, Kyle. I think the only thing that stopped us was just it was so early in the year and there was still a little bit of time for them to get things turned around, but they needed to do it quick, and they have. They won three in a row even though it's not been against great competition, but they have gotten back into the thick of things with Kyle Allen. Uh, I wonder how that changes maybe the quarterback position. Maybe it just can take as long as you need to get 100% before you come back so that you can come in and do exactly what Kyle Allen's doing. Or maybe they ride the Kyle Allen mojo, but this is a team that has a solid defense. They have a lot of good players all across the board, especially Christian McCaffrey, who's been – if he continues to do what he's doing all season long, they're going to have a real uh, awesome weapon there to complement what they already have. So the Panthers, they're not out of this thing. I think that they're on the lower end of the NFC and probably are going to come back to earth somewhat with Kyle Allen. But what uh, what a great weekend for them. And, and certainly the low light, I think you hit it, Kyle, with the, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean – Kind of a must-win game against the Texans. Never really was close. Maybe it got a little close in the fourth quarter, but you're talking really not a good game, not a good performance, not the type of performance that you needed. And offensively, you seemingly get at least enough with the 30-some points. A lot of it came in garbage time, but defensively, they just had no shot. And Dan Quinn is the defensive guy, so they really have to figure things out. And they lost Keanu Neal. Once again to the year, I believe he has another ACL or Achilles issue. So really bad luck for him as well as his Falcons team. But they, uh, they've they got a lot of soul searching to do real soon. And it feels like a reckoning's coming. Yeah, definitely. You know, like I said, Atlanta's just, you know, we, we, saw, we saw firing in Washington this week. Uh, we'll talk a bit about that in a minute. But, uh, you know, you got to think that maybe Quinn may be next up as uh, as far as, as firing goes because Atlanta just has not shown any improvement 
They haven't shown any type of uh, any type of momentum that you know they were just in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and you know we know we've seen teams fall off from being in the Super Bowl, but you know they really had a drastic downturn in the past couple of years, and now they're you know you got to think that they're one of the the if not the worst team just their overall performance, size of their performance, they just have given very little to be encouraged about this season. And, uh, yeah, that's it's going to be, you know, like I said, rough uh, sledding for Atlanta going forward the rest of this season. And uh, now just did a, just doing a quick look at the ahead, the next the schedule for this week for the South. You know, uh, they, they got the Panthers and Bucks going to London now, and uh, that's going to be uh, <laughs> funny enough, the you know they had the Bears and the Raiders playing prime time over there, you know playing to the evening. They're not letting this game go into the evening uh, with Carolina and Tampa Bay. They, they they're getting the early start here in America. They're going to be starting at eight thirty. So uh, <laughs> you know I guess they don't want to waste time with that matchup. But uh, but it, it you know it's it's gonna that's gonna be interesting though when you look at the South. You know, the Panthers can further separate themselves from that bottom half of the division if they win. But the Buccaneers have a chance right here if they knock off uh, Carolina to definitely improve their, improve their stock in the division and, and possibly in the wild card at least. And, and Kyle, that would... that would be the Buccaneers' second win because they've already beaten the Panthers so far this year. So, big – They beat big... them tonight. Yeah, a big, uh, big win for the Bucks and a big win that the Panthers need this Sunday to keep pace. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you brought that up because so that's that game actually does have some weight to it. You know, uh, you know if you want to get up uh, early Sunday and watch that. But uh, Saints, uh, by the way, take uh, go to the Jaguars uh, at uh, Sunday as well. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see those how those teams come out. Uh, from week six, and if you know there'll be any momentum, uh, you know if, if, the, if the momentum will keep up for the Saints and and the Panthers, or will they take a hit? So you know, could could, could see either or. But uh, yeah, definitely gotta like the Saints. So right now, and the uh, Panthers are looking good, even like so with Kyle Allen. So uh, yeah, that's definitely the story of that division right now. But let's go to the East. Uh, I don't think we're going to spend much time on the East this week because they had a horrible week. Uh, the Eagles won big time uh, facing the Jets. You know, another And uh, that's it for pretty, the winning. Right, right. And that's pretty pretty easy assignment there. And, you know, after that, that's it, man. Uh, Cowboys fall. We you know, spoke about that already. The Packers took them down. And, uh, you know, like I said, Giants – Vikings took them down, and uh, Washington just uh, no shot against the Patriots. Thirty-three seven win there for New England. So uh, you know, like I say, pretty simple, straight ahead stuff here. Definitely, uh, Philly looks like they're ready to start competing again. You know, again, not a tough assignment this week, but they did exactly what they needed to do. So, and that's that's not always. You know, you don't always get that in the NFL. So, you know, definitely got to, you know, give the Eagles props there. Dallas, 
falls back now. We had we had them in our top ten in our power rankings, you know, in the mix with with uh Green Bay and you know Seattle and the like, but they definitely fall a step back now, you gotta say. And you know, they gotta regroup definitely. You know, uh Washington and the Giants, of course, those are two teams on the lower half of the in the league anyway. But uh, you know, the Giants fumbled their chance at you know, they you know, the, the Giants would have won, that would have been the big boost for that team, especially a win against Minnesota, but just was too much to ask for them. And you know, Washington, of course, they end the Jay Gruden saga there, the Jay Gruden uh the administration. <laughs> gets booted out of uh, Washington with the early 5 a.m. call there. I, you know, somebody said on TV, why would you even go to that meeting? I agree with that. Like, I would, <laughs> I've just been like, you know, I'll holler at y'all at about 12. I'll come in. I, I know what the deal is. You know, uh, you can give me the pink slip then. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, uh, what's, what are your thoughts on the NFC well, the highlights got to be the Eagles. They are looking like a team, like you said, that's ready to start rolling. And I was high on them coming into the year. Felt they had a lot of talent. It looks like they're getting some guys back healthy slowly. So their team to watch out for. I think they're the favorite right now to win that NFC East division. And uh, that leads really to the to the low light, which is the Cowboys, uh, you know, Giants and uh, Washington both losing. And maybe they could be the low light. But, you know, the Giants, they're at least at least in a solid position with Daniel Jones versus Eli Manning. They're not a laughingstock or a joke. They're at least just a bad team. And that's where you want to be at if you're going to be a bad team. You don't want to be a joke or a laughingstock like. Washington is, and they're going to have some real big problems, I think, getting good people in charge and turning that thing around. But for the Cowboys, man, oh, man. I mean, just uh, two teams in the Saints and the Packers where you think, okay, no Drew Brees. I know it's on the road, but we've beaten them with Drew Brees before. That should be a chance for us to get a win, especially if we hold them to no touchdowns, which they did. And then you look at the Green Bay game, you think, man, we're at home. We're coming off a loss. Our defense played great. Hopefully they can keep that mojo going. And now with uh, this Packers defense coming in that has some talent, I think that they're just not as good as they've been kind of marked up to be. Not to say that they're bad or anything like that, but I, I still anticipate a little bit of coming down to earth for the Green Bay Packer defense. And the Cowboys had it there for them, you thought. If they could run the ball with that great offensive line, get some play action going, some shots downfield that the, they'd be a okay. And they just, they got absolutely beat down. It felt like a little bit of a, a comeback in the second half and the fourth quarter, but per usual under Jason Garrett and the Cowboys, when they have a big game, a lot of self-inflicted wounds, you got missed field goals, dumb penalties, a lot of turnovers. I mean, just things you can't do against a good team like green Bay and expect to win. And, and for the Cowboys, I felt that they were a little bit overrated coming into the year. I didn't expect a huge jump from Dak or a huge jump from really the whole team. And even though I think Dak's a good quarterback, I think you're seeing that he is going to be kind of up and down. Some games, some matchups, he's going to look really good. And other games, he's not. And just depending on how you use him is really going to show his ability and effectiveness. 
but uh, the Cowboys, they've got to figure this thing out quickly. Otherwise, like I said, you cannot lose tie breaks. And if you let the Eagles get past you and really start rolling, you're going to be up to the wild card. And, and that can be difficult, especially when they've still got a lot of tough games to go. Yeah. Yeah, they got some tough games, but they don't have one this week. They they play at the Jets. So Sam Darnold coming to... back. Any Sam Darnold magic? I don't think so, man. I I think he, I think he needs to just watch out, watch watch himself and get mono again, man. Just uh, you know, maybe he needs to play out there with a doctor's mask on or something. I don't know. But... Well, that's been the one thing. I don't think the Cowboys have gotten many sacks at all for whatever reason. They they're one of the teams that seems to get the least amount of pressure. So maybe he'll he'll be able to camp back there a little bit. They'll probably want to stay away from him. Right? Yeah, maybe. That cool, you know, but uh, <laughs> I, I think they'll, I think they'll bounce back this week, though. Uh, even if, even if Sam Donald rides in on the white horse, the sky will be uh, falling in Texas if they don't. Oh man, that'll be a hell of a reckoning if they don't beat the Jets. But uh, looking, looking elsewhere, though, just you know the this going to be one of them more important games of the week, and I think a game that Bears fans, given that we won't have action this week, may want to pay attention to the Eagles at the Vikings. So you have two upcoming opponents, not only for the Bears, two two teams that may be in the mix with the wild card, if not the division titles, but you also, you know, the Eagles could either take down the Vikings a pig, or you may have the Eagles you know, a, a really asserting themselves as a contender in the East again if they can uh, beat the Vikings in Minnesota. So that's going to be a pretty uh, good matchup to watch. But, uh, yeah, pretty like I said, agree with you pretty much on everything else, Ryan. It's not a uh, – it's the Eagles are in control right now. And, the you know, Dallas, when, when you're playing in Dallas, you're dealing with a lot of undue pressure and, uh, you know, the expectations of – even more undue, you know, uh, people are always expecting more than what you may be willing to, to give. And I think that's sort of the case on Dak and uh, Ezekiel this year. And you, know, you add on to that the whole, you know, so much of their narrative, the narrative attached to them is being, play, uh, is being uh, focused on where they get their money, you know, where they get these big extensions. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, again, that's adding to the pressure individually on those guys. And it's, it's looking hard week to week. It's looking harder for them to step up to that. And if, if those guys can't perform to the level that they need, that people need and want them to perform to, you know, it's going to be a rough, uh, rough time for Dallas going forward. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with Dallas, it just, I think that Jason Garrett has shown that he's really not just a great coach. And when you're constantly going into a matchup with a good team, usually they have a good coach too, or they at least have a good coach. And if you're constantly losing the coaching battle and then it's just up to players and talent, I don't know if this team has quite the talent that everyone likes to say that they have. I mean, they have talent, but I don't know if they have enough that it really propels them as a top two, three, four, five team in the league. Maybe, maybe on a good day, but certainly with how mediocre their coaching is, it doesn't seem like they can really get up there. 
But and, and when you look at that issue, you got to go back to the ownership and the the front office. They don't seem to have any issue with the coach ever, and they they ride they're riding and dying with, with Jason Garrett. And it seems like they're doing more dying than right. Well, he is in his last year as coach uh, under contract. So he's got to obviously hit a mark of success for Jerry Jones to extend him. And I would think that mark is an NFC championship or Super Bowl, something something pretty high up in the uh, playoff road. And right now, I, I don't know if you just look at Jason Garrett with a ton of confidence he can get there. And if things start going south, do – the, uh, do the Cowboys do something dramatic potentially? I I don't I wouldn't think so, but you never could outrule that with Jerry Jones. Sir, can't rule much of anything out with Jerry and those Cowboys. But uh, yeah, we've gone through the NFC so far. We've touched on a few of the AFC teams those thus far, but we're gonna really dig in with the AFC as we uh, finish up our recap of Week Five. This is the All 32 podcast. Cal Means, Ryan Booker Vesky. Uh, let's take a break right here and we'll hit come back right after this. All right, y'all. One, two, one, two. Back on it. All 32. Ryan Booker Vesky on the line with me, your man Kyle Means. And we are running down week five of the NFL schedule this year. Another interesting week in the league. We've already hit you with all the games from the NFC perspective. And now we're going to round things out from the AFC perspective. And uh, we started out today talking about the Niners and Browns. The big game there on Monday night was turned out to be a bit of a flop because the 49ers dominated. But the Browns, Fall the two and three with that loss there last night, 31-3. And uh, let's start off in the, in the AFC North. Uh, you know, Browns fall. Elsewhere in the division, you had the uh, Ravens and Steelers with the, the big rivalry. Uh, you know, clash there. And the Ravens overcome the Steelers 26-23 in Pittsburgh. Overtime contest there. Steelers in the game without Mason Rudolph. They're down to the third string guy, rookie quarterback in now. Uh, you know, Rudolph took that nasty hit from Earl Thomas, where he was uh, looked to be knocked out before he even hit the ground. You know, so uh, wishing the best for him, but uh, definitely another big hit for the Steelers. Just as it seemed like they were getting a little bit of momentum going for them. Uh, Ravens, on the other hand, you know. Like I say, they, they steal this one from the Steelers and they uh, bounce their record back up over 500 after a couple of tough weeks. They're, uh, they're at three and two now. And uh, the, uh, else, the last team, Bengals, you know, not much to talk about there, man. 26-23 loss to Arizona. And uh, given that it's Arizona's first win of the season, you know, it's got to be – the the worst loss yet for Cincinnati. So um, you no, know, they've you know, I guess you can argue maybe the, the Pittsburgh loss may have been even worse competitively, but uh Cincinnati at 0-5 is showing themselves to be one of the worst teams in the league right now. So 
not much to go over there. But uh, yeah, Ryan, what's your thoughts on the North? Uh, I said we got the Ravens, the only team above. You know, we 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 typically think of this division as a very competitive division, and it looked for a second there last week. Like, you know, I I, I sort of brought this up in the power ranking talk. Like, you know, we may have we may have three competitive teams coming out of the division, but right now it looks like, you know, again, you know, you got to go week to week with the NFL, but. It looks like there's only one real competitive team right now coming out of these performances from this week. Yeah, um, you know, the North, they uh, have the Baltimore Ravens as really the highlight as the team that only won this week. And, you know, they have looked all right, three and two. That loss to Cleveland I think was a little jarring, just especially how – Big Cleveland won that game, and Lamar Jackson hasn't looked quite as good as he did to at least start off the season. That offense has come down to earth some, and uh, the defense isn't necessarily a dominant shutdown type defense. They have some good players, but then they lose their safety, Tony Jefferson, and you know they've got some things that they got to figure out when it comes to their front seven. Uh, their secondary is pretty solid overall, but I believe they have even some injuries there that are hurting them. So. The Ravens, they can uh, potentially be a great team, but uh, this division just looks kind of mediocre and very winnable where no one's really going to run away with this thing. I I wouldn't necessarily even put Pittsburgh out of it completely quite yet, but they're certainly on the the monitor beeping. Uh, The big thing is going to be whether the Browns can get on a streak, especially in the second half of their season because they have just a really tough first half. And for the Ravens, they lost that uh, game against the Browns, so they definitely have to win the next one. But if the Browns were able to to win that game, they might be all right. And uh, I would say that the Browns have to be the low light of the week just because of how bad they looked against the 49ers. But as I just said, things aren't necessarily all bad for them when it comes to the division and how maybe it projects moving forward. If they can just find a way to stay uh, kind of just at 500 or – within an earshot of 500 so that on the second half the second half of the schedule when that uh really when their schedule lightens up they're going to have a chance to roll off some w's and maybe make this more of a competitiveness but the problem that you see with the browns is really do they have the right coach in freddie kitchens baker mayfield hasn't developed as much as i think a lot of the browns fans and the organization would have hoped it seems like he still has a long way to go. Uh, wh- whenever he holds on to the ball, bad things happen, and he really wants to hold on to the ball. And maybe part of that is just not knowing where to go with the ball early and quickly enough. Uh, whatever the case may be, they got to get him going. And, you know, they have just little things about them. That, uh, inconsistent defense, even though they have a ton of talent, they've got kicker issues. They seem to be just not a very disciplined team overall. And, like you pointed out, they're not getting the ball to their playmakers enough. You know, Nick Chubb has to be involved a lot early. And uh, same with Odell Beckham. Same with Jarvis Landry. Get those guys going and get this offense going. So uh, not a good week for the Browns, but they're lucky that they're in the AFC North. Right. That's that's pretty much the best thing they got going for them after these first few weeks. And, you know, a lot of people are talking – you know, you get the extra uh, 
the the extra eye on you, the 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 stronger breakdown coming out of a Monday night game, and uh, you know, looking especially the quarterbacks do, and look at Baker coming out of that performance last night. People are classifying him as a one read quarterback right now. It's like once he doesn't get that that first target, if if, if you shut down that first target of his, he's he's not he's the play is over for him. And uh, and especially when you have a, a active pass rush like San Francisco showed last night, they was just harassing them all night, and and they really really stymied that offense for Cleveland. So, yeah, tough performance for them, and um. I think, you know, looking forward, though, with this division, I don't know how well they're going to perform against other divisions. I think the the whoever comes out of, comes out of the division and it goes into the playoffs is probably going to have a lot to do with how they perform in division with each other. When you look at the – like how the Ravens performed in the one game, uh, you know, against Cleveland, but they were able to come back – and uh, do a little something this week to to help solidify themselves better. You know, they you know guess again it was in division, but it seemed like you know the the results just vary so much week to week, uh, matchup to matchup with these guys. And you know, looking forward, you know the uh, for this coming week, the Ravens hosting the Bengals, uh, another good chance for them to pick up another game. But, you know, who knows, you know, when it comes to this NFC North, the Bengals may finally be uh, motivated to win, you know, again. So you, you can never tell with this division right now. The Browns are going to be at home, but they're going to have to fa- uh, host Seattle. So that's going to be a tough matchup for the Browns. I think this is – I don't think this was a good year for the NF- the AFC North to match up with the NFC West because the NFC West is – as competitive a division as there's there is in the league right now, so I think a, those, a, that matchup between those divisions, you're seeing a lot of the North teams fall to the to the those West teams. Outside of that that one freaky game where uh, uh, Pittsburgh was able to outdo Seattle, but uh, besides besides that, I think the West is going to feast quite a bit on the AFC North. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be rough sledding, I think, for this AFC North this year. Going to be one of the uh, down uh, divisions, I would say. Yeah, yeah, and you probably can't expect whoever even comes out of that, that division to be much of a competitor in the AFC playoffs either. But uh, unless uh, some big things change, it looks like that will probably be the case. Right, right. You mentioned the North as being, you know. Uh, mediocre that was a tag that we were willing to put on the the afc south not too long ago but in the light from from week five they look a lot better uh you you know starting off with the big win the colts taking down the chiefs in kansas city on sunday night 1913 there that's one of the bigger upset wins of the season so far colts improved the three and two and uh, give the Chiefs their first loss of the season after they uh, ran off their first four wins of the season. Um, beyond that, the Texans, you know, we talked about them all over the Falcons. They improved the three and two and uh, showed their offense to be uh, completely, uh, you, know, you know, completely on point 
you know, Deshaun Watson, crazy numbers, four, 426 through the air, five touchdowns. And uh, Will Fuller, 217, receiving three of those touchdowns. And, you know, definitely I think when you when people think of Houston, you know, at their best, maybe not defensively, I think, you know, you still could expect a bit more from the defense. But, you know, offensively, definitely this Houston showed themselves at maximum capacity this week. And that, that could be a, a dangerous team, you know, on any given week. But uh, elsewhere in the South, the Jaguars – uh, took the loss to the Panthers, so they fall back a bit, and they're back under 500 at two and three. And um, you know, Gardner Minshew though had a, another good game, good numbers there. Him and DJ Chalk, uh, you know, showing themselves to be a nice combination there. But uh, yeah, that's still some struggles there for Jacksonville, and uh, the for the Tennessee. Fell 14-7 to the Bills. So the Bills able to get a boost uh, coming out of their loss to New England. And uh Titans again just uh you know a two and they fall to two and three under five hundred, pretty much where you can expect them to be uh, as they uh you know likely head to another season at or around five hundred. But a uh, big win for the Bills. They approved the four and one. And they're keeping themselves in the playoff hunt there. But uh yeah, Ryan, what's your take on on the South? Last week they were a team with four two and two teams. Two of the teams now improve uh to three and two, two fall back to two and three. Uh does it look like the division is steadying itself and, and we're seeing who's really doing the thing and who's not? Well, I think uh, the division is still looking the same to me, kind of regardless of what's happened. And it's it's at the top and the highlight. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts this week. Huge victory in Kansas City with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. But it's really how complete the Colts are from coaching staff all the way down to the 53rd guy compared to a team like Houston from coaching staff all the way down to 53, where clearly they're a step below the Colts. And I would say, especially at coaching, Frank Reich is a better coach than Bill O'Brien. Where it starts evening out is just the amazing play of Deshaun Watson. He's the type of guy that can carry a team. So is there enough around him to beat the Colts is the question. And we kind of saw a blueprint of how the Colts could beat a team like Deshaun Watson after they beat a high-powered offense that has some struggles on defense. That sounds exactly like Houston. And Houston doesn't have quite as much talent offensively like the Chiefs do. So really, uh, a great win for the Colts. Uh, you know, Texans had a great win, too. So they kind of are in a coin flip, but I'm going to go with the, the uh, Colts because of their win over the presumed maybe best team in the league, the Kansas City Chiefs. And really the low light, you can kind of take your pick between the, the Jags and the Titans. Because as you point out, coming into this week, two and two, a chance to, no matter what, leave the weekend with a share of the division lead. 
both of those teams came out. The Tennessee Titans maybe looked a little bit more flat than uh, the Jags did, but you would think the Jags going up against a backup quarterback like Kyle Allen, that they would have maybe a potential advantage in that game. But uh, Kyle Allen and that Panthers team obviously showed up. And for the Bills, they got back Josh Allen, so you knew that was going to be tough for the Titans. Uh, They are really struggling to score points, as you can tell from their uh, lone seven points in that game against the Bills. Uh, Both of those teams, I would say the Jags have a better chance of recouping from their loss and getting back into it. But uh, really just a lost opportunity for both of those teams to keep pace with the Colts and the Texans, who I think have clearly established themselves as the best teams in the South. The Colts have the most complete roster within the division, and the Texans have the best player in the division. Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. You you hit it right on the head. And be in the see, you know, what, you know, it's two different ways of team building that we're seeing from those two teams. It'll be interesting to see which one wins out, you know, for control of the division. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, man, because if you ask me, like, would I rather have Marlon Mack and the Colts defense or would I rather have uh, Deshaun Watson, man, that's, that kind of would have – there's some thought that you have to give to, to that. Man. Especially it's after plus- that win against the Chiefs. It, you think, oh, yeah, Deshaun Watson would win that for sure. But, man, I mean, great game plan, great execution. I don't know if the Texans are as good as the Chiefs. You could you could see a path clearly for the Colts winning, but uh, that you can't take away from what Deshaun Watson can do at any given point. Yeah, yeah. You definitely can't. But I think it's it's good that you mentioned to Frank Wright and uh the job that he's doing in Indianapolis with the with their overall coaching staff. Yeah, definitely uh it looks like the superior to uh uh you know Bill O'Brien at least in that comparison. You know, because I actually think that you know Houston has a comparable amount of talent on offense to uh you know to Kansas City. Or you know, because Kansas City, at least at least Kansas City without Watkins and Tyreek Hill on the on the on the field, you know the team that they brought out on Sunday night, I would say. But uh, you know, but still, you know, Houston should be probably a, you know in more control of that division than they should be. But you know, they like I say, they got you know they they, they I don't think the culture is there like it should be. It'll be interesting to see uh, how those teams uh, go against each other when they meet up again. Uh, have they meet up already this year? Uh, the Colts and the Texans? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, that was a uh, now that that was the Jaguars, and I'm, I was thinking of that one game that that controversial. Yep, ended. that was Jags Texans. So yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing the Texans and. Uh, the Colts going forward, uh, and uh, the Texans. You know, we talked about comparing the talent with the Texans and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Those two each other in Week Six, so that'll be yeah, definitely a game to keep an eye on there. No doubt. But uh, let's let's move over to let's move over to the West, and then we'll finish up with the East. Uh, you know, given that we talked a bit about the Chiefs already, you know. Loss took the loss on Sunday night, four and one. You know, I think, I think we can, 
you know, depending on whoever you listen to, you probably get. I, I think the right way to look at it is giving more. You should give more props to the Colts than maybe give a you know static to Kansas City because again, Kansas City is dealing with some injuries on both sides of the ball. So you know they do have some natural deficiencies that I think people were overlooking at the beginning of the season because uh, you know Patrick Mahomes is just so good, and when that offense is gearing up, you know when when that offense is on. You know, on this top gear, it's like, you know, you really, you know, how, how, why would you even think about anything else with that team? But at the same time, we, we got a, a real lesson here on Sunday night about the fact that offense isn't always there. And it can be, even the great offenses can uh, have their off nights. And that was definitely the case for Kansas City. And, uh, you know, hopefully for them going forward, they won't have it won't happen again at a, at an inopportune time, like say an AFC Championship game. But uh, you know we'll see. The Chiefs, you know, definitely are still one of the top teams in the league. They're competitive, they're a competitive team, but they just saw a, a team that matched up well with them this week in Indianapolis. And uh, elsewhere in the West, Raiders big time win against the Bears. You know, of course, we still feeling that here in Chicago. And uh, the Chargers and Broncos round out the West. Broncos pick out their first win of the season. So big ups to Vic Fangio and his crew out there. They take down the Chargers 20-13 to 13 in L.A. So, uh, yeah, you know, outside of – I guess you got two, you got two pretty sizable storylines, uh, significant storylines with Kansas City and uh, – in Oakland there, and you had then you had the other interdivision matchup there. Uh, so uh, what, what are your thoughts on the West coming out? I guess Oakland, we, we sort of alluded to it in our previewing of the Bears and, and the Raiders, like that it would be a big – it would be a pretty big win for Oakland to beat the Bears, and they, they wound up uh, getting just that win. So when you look at Oakland, they're a team that right now – is in the mix at least for a wild card in the West. You know, could they possibly keep that momentum going forward? Uh, it's possible with uh, the Raiders. They're definitely not as bad of a team as maybe people anticipated coming into this year, and they're certainly far from a, par- a perfect team. So I wouldn't be surprised if you kind of see them fall down a little bit. I mean. The Bears really squandered an opportunity. If they had played a full 60-minute game and, and played with more discipline overall as a team, I don't think that the Raiders win that game. And and we're talking about a kind of same old, same old Raiders team. We'll just see what happens. Uh, they're really the highlight, though, of the week because that was an impressive win. That was a big win. It definitely keeps them alive in the AFC. And and they can still hope for bigger things. And, and they're in front of the Chargers. They're in second place in that division. And if you're a Raider uh, player or coach or person in that front office, you knew, best case scenario, we're going to finish second place in our division. We're not going to win this thing with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes there unless he goes down with some kind of season-ending injury. So they're doing what they uh, needed to do, at least so far. 
and uh, they get the highlight. And I'm with you, Kyle. In terms of the Chiefs, there's nothing to, you know, get on them about. Sure, they have some problems on defense, but we knew they were going to. And, and they're going to continue to have some problems on defense. That's not a team that's going to shut you down. It's just can they be good enough when it matters in the playoffs? Because this offense should be able to cons- uh, consistently give you that output. And the only time that they may struggle is if what happened on Sunday where Mahomes a little banged up. It seemed like he was missing a few throws that he wouldn't have missed had he been healthy. And so uh, as long as it's not anything to worry about with his injuries and he can kind of come back and be uh, just normal Patrick Mahomes, then they're going to be perfectly fine moving forward. But uh, the low light, uh, it's got to be the Chargers for me, Kyle. They uh, may have kind of sealed their own fate in a way. We'll see what happens moving forward because the AFC has a lot of uh, parity, especially because there's not a lot of good teams like the NFC but they have no shot of winning this division, and especially with how many games they've lost uh, to the AFC, to the NFC, whatever. They have just given up too many uh, too many victories already, and it's going to be difficult for them to even get a wild-card spot if they continue to play like how up and down they've been. So they got to right the ship real quick. They were talked about as a Super Bowl contender last year. They look uh, far away from that right now, and they're still dealing with some big injuries. We'll just see. Uh, it looks like maybe time has kind of run out on the Chargers, at least for this year. Yeah. Yeah, loss. Losing to the Broncos definitely doesn't help. And uh, like you said, that's an in-division loss. So, you know, they lost to uh, the Texans as well. So that's going to be another team that they uh, they can't, you know, they, they have a tiebreaker loss against. And, uh you know, the, the other loss is to the Lions, so that doesn't really affect them in confidence, but it doesn't help them, of course, overall. So, yeah, the, they're, they're just looking at their numbers, too. They just – they didn't get any boost from Gordon coming back on the team. You know, maybe that's just him. him he has it, – it's probably going to be at least another couple weeks where he's going to struggle to probably kind of contribute, but – at the same time, you could look at him taking away carries from Eckler and Jackson, who were, you know, putting in work when he was gone. So that may be more of a, uh, you know, chemistry thing that's involved there that, you know, adds on to the to the struggles of a team that's already with Jake. And a, you know, you got Kyle, a big thing too is just this offensive line has never really been good these last few years, but they're really not good now. I mean, Philip Rivers. He's just not mobile, so he's got to get rid of the ball quickly, and they're not as good at that this year. The offensive line isn't creating the same running lanes. It, it's really kind of like the Bears, how they've struggled offensively. I think it starts there and then works its way out to other problems on the perimeter. A good comparison there. We, we're definitely seeing here in Chicago how much of an impact there is when your offensive line is a bit, isn't getting – either any push to allow, you know, the running back space near the line of scrimmage or even lateral, you know, moving good laterally so that you can maybe get out get out on the edges and control some things. That You know, that's definitely been the case with the Bears. And, you know, if that's the case for the Chargers, you can see why their running backs was, uh, you know, uh, uh, had 
few as few yards as they did against the Broncos, which is a team that can get after the quarterback and get into the backfield, into the backfield and disrupt some things. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a just like I say tough, tough week overall uh, for the uh, for LA, LA Chargers. But uh, you know, say good week for the Broncos, good week for Oakland, and uh, you know, uh, Kansas City. You know, can just move on and uh, see what they can glean from their loss. Uh, but they're still definitely a competitor. And when we look at uh, certain competitors as we go to our final division, the AFC East. Definitely, those uh, Patriots are definitely among the top competitors and probably the best competitor. We only had them at number two in our power rankings, our initial rankings from last week. And, uh, if we did another one this week, we probably would have to put them. I guess we had to put them up to one, given that they won and the Chiefs lost. But uh, you, know, you figure the Patriots would have won this week, 33-7, matching up with Washington. Just, uh, like I say, they, they put the final stake in the hearts of uh, Jay Gruden. And that uh and that Washington team as it's currently constituted, and uh just yeah, actually not much really to talk about there. Brady uh, you know Brady was a bit you no know, he, he was a bit more like his old self in this game, uh 348 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception on 28 of 42 completion, and uh you know the off like I said offense for. Uh, New England, after a couple of tough weeks, uh, definitely was able to feast on Washington's in that defense. But uh, they uh, they win in a pretty good win for uh, New England and the needed win as the Bills were able to get back on the winning track as well. Uh, again, you know, it looks like the Bills defense really took advantage of uh, a pretty down Titans offense. Not much uh, production from Mariota and his crew. Uh, and, you know, just uh, the Bills showing more of what they can do overall. They bring bring back Josh Allen and, uh, you know, they just, again, did enough to, to get a victory there, a seven-point victory there. Probably one of them. One, I'm, I'm don't, don't envy those who uh, were restricted to that game uh, recently. <laughs> Probably wasn't both the most exciting game, but uh, like I say, Bills went there. They proved the four and one, and elsewhere the Jets took that big loss to the Eagles, thirty-one six. Uh, say same old there with Jets, and the Dolphins I believe were on the bye this week, so uh, nothing definitely a far benefit there. Don't have to do any breaking down of the Dolphins this week. So, uh, you know, Ryan, as we uh, finish up our division looks, uh, the East, like I said, pretty much a straightforward look there with the East. Uh, you know, the two winning teams won and the losing team lost. So what else is that to say? Yeah, this is uh, a pretty uh, easy one, easy division for us to talk about. Um, highlight, you can kind of coin flip between Patriots and Bills. I'm going to go with the Patriots because they continue to – just get the job done. It hasn't been impressive the last couple of weeks, but they just find a way to win, baby, win. And I'm going to give them credit for uh, continuing to show up each week. And even though the Bills 
maybe had a little bit more of a tougher matchup with the Titans. You know, I, I never had any real doubt that the Bills were going to win that game as long as they showed up. And, and that's really the same thing for the Patriots. The Bills, uh, they've got to win that game in New England when they play again. But, you know, with Josh Allen, he has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. I mean, he's got a big arm. He's got big legs. But the problem with him is he's just not really a quarterback quite yet. And they really have everything else around him. And if he gets going, they can maybe make a big step. But uh, for now, I would say the Patriots are still the class of the East. And when you look at uh, the low light, I guess it's got to be the Jets because the Dolphins were on uh, vacation this week. So at least maybe they uh, got a chance to – that might be one of their best weeks of the season, to be honest, Kyle. Um, it's their best performance so far. So man. they can uh, – they probably had kind of a Super Bowl celebration, I would think. At least uh, where was the barbecue at? Somewhere in Miami. But for the – Mercury Morris. Yeah, man. exactly. I mean, they need some champagne. Not to, not to celebrate a 16-0, but just to forget about this year already. And uh, Jets, you know, they they really are glad to see Sam Darnold back uh, this week against the Cowboys. And really, everything they've done to this point almost just doesn't matter because it's all about Sam Darnold. Do they have a quarterback and if they've got kind of a guy that they can build around with Le'Veon Bell, maybe a, another year of high draft picks, that's maybe the magic that they need to get back into the AFC East. But for now, uh, they're just stuck in the basement. Yeah. And, and when you look at week six coming up, it's, it has the potential to be a bit of a, a reset week for this division. If you have the Jets bringing back Darnold, and if they could show any bit of a uh, fight against the Dallas Cowboys, that you know whether they win or not, I think that could be a good thing for them going forward. Even if they come out of that game with a still with a zero in their win column, but uh, elsewhere, when you look at the Dolphins, they have their best chance at a win this year. Well, you know, an actual win by hosting uh, Washington, so that could definitely be a big momentum gainer for them. And uh, the Patriots play on Thursday. They start off the week with the Giants. So, you know, I guess, you know, you got to expect the Patriots to win that one. But you know, who knows? I mean, if the Giants somehow, uh, you know, start, if they could maybe somehow control the ball and maybe get their, uh, their offense going a bit, maybe they can, you know, maybe they could engage New England in a shootout and, Maybe, you know, for week to week, that's not necessarily the best thing for New England at this point. You know, Brady has, you know, he has these random games now where he just doesn't show up. It's more likely than it's ever been at any point in his career. So, you know, if, uh, you know, maybe there's a chance for Buffalo who has the week off to uh, win by not win by default themselves. And that would be a big loss for uh, the Patriots, not like I say, I'm not predicting it at all, but you know, who knows? You know, on the Thursday night, so yeah, definitely, uh, could be an interesting week going forward for these. Yeah, I, uh, I'm curious, I guess, to see this Bills team when it comes to the second half of the year. There's always a reason to watch the Patriots because they definitely don't look like one of the best teams in the league right now, even though they have an undefeated record. 
maybe that balloon pops a little bit against the Giants. We'll see. Uh, Dolphins might get their first victory. It, it's going to be, uh, I think, just overall this next week, there's not a ton of obvious games where you've got just bad teams against good teams. You've got a lot of interesting matchups, a lot of mediocre matchups where I want to see how this team does. I want to see if they show any type of fight. It it should be a really uh, interesting week six, even though the Bears won't be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. I like – that's one thing I like about having that bye week, you know, especially at this particular time. Like, we can wash – we can reset things with the Bears, wash off that, that uh, Raiders loss and, you know, just enjoy football for what it is. You know, for one week. You know, I think in the past I've just uh, looked at the whole league as if as it was just as I was just looking at red zone for the entire week, and uh, you know, which I don't typically do, or, or definitely when the Bears are playing, I have that focus on the Bears and then everything else is secondary. But you know, being able to just hopscotch around the league in real time and not have that uh, you know that weight of you know, worrying about the Bears or what, how they do, you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty freeing thing, you know, it's uh, I think definitely a thing that you should be able to take advantage of at least once a year. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the week there. And like I say, hopefully that team will uh, get its mind right as well over the, over the weekend as such as they uh, prepare for the following week against uh, New, England, uh, New Orleans. So, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be the case there. But we'll talk more about the Bears definitely at their necessities later this week and uh, talk about some other things as well, I guess. Maybe the NFC North will give a little dive into that. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe you'll talk about a couple other issues in the league that may be popping up, you know, for who knows what could be, uh, you know, uh, captivating us on the, on the media cycle over the next couple of days. But uh, as of now, though, this is it for All 32, Week 5. Definitely want to thank you, Ryan, for joining me again. Uh, You know, we got uh, Dia Davis, new Dia Davis coming up this week, man. Any any teasers for that? Uh, You know, we'll be recapping this Bears loss in Oakland for sure. We'll also go around the league, talk about some of the big games that we uh, even covered here on the All 32. And, uh, probably talk about some NBA stuff with uh, China versus America and uh, a whole host of other little uh, tidbits that the guys and myself will be uh, ex- talking about throughout the show. Yeah, we think Trump was bad enough. Now we got Daryl Morey uh, possibly starting a World War Three now. So. It's always uh, it's always basketball with uh, the Asian affairs. It seems like whether it's Dennis Rodman in Korea or Daryl Morey with China, you name it. Yeah, this is, this is how the world's gonna end through a three on. You have a three on three basketball tournament or something. Man, yeah. good for the big three. That <laughs> that'll be yeah, that'd be big. That'd be great marketing for Ice Cube and then man. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, that's that should be fun though. Uh, me and Davis every week, Wednesdays fresh on uh, SoundCloud, and Thursdays here on War on Anchor. And uh, yeah, you can listen to this real. You listen to this right now, <laughs> uh, all thirty-two. You can listen to Bear on uh, Necessities 
uh, coming up on Friday. Uh, but uh, for now, you know, hope you enjoy your week and enjoy uh, your football to come. And, uh, yeah, as always, just stay positive and keep building. And uh, me and Ryan will do the same. And uh, definitely check us out, all our platforms. We got RegalRadio.com. Uh, Ryan B. Ski is on Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. So definitely uh, give him some more followers. He deserves it for all the great work that he does. And uh, you can catch me, K-Mean, on Instagram and work underscore right on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, we'll holler at y'all later. And uh, that's it. We'll, uh, hope you have a good one. Thank you.